0: My wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible and where we look at the world's religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Creta, your host and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. It's uh, a privilege to be able to talk to you via waves. And I'm inviting you right from the beginning to get in touch with us. Send us a message. Be part of this program. The number where you can send a message is 488 And you can be part of this program. Now, uh, I would like to introduce our uh, co-host for today, and it's my privilege to say hello to Pastor uh, David Butcher. Good to have you with us, David, again.
1: Hello, Nick. Good afternoon, listeners. It's uh, nice to be sitting opposite each other um, in the studio, isn't it, Nick? Last week, this time last week, South Australia was in lockdown. We were doing this via Zoom and couldn't see each other that well, and we yeah 20, 30K apart. And definitely myself, I'm so grateful, uh, David, that
0: we can be in the studio because last night we had few glitches and that's the reality of uh, live programs and particularly when you rely on the um, technology I was panicking a little bit last night but um, thank God for uh, pulling us through and I would like to just say uh, a big thank you know to the people who helped and particularly to Brad our uh, producer from uh, you know from Interstate who came on board and helped us and Brad uh, good on you brother (laughs) thank you for help for helping but also uh, our listeners you know some Sometime we may have um, few issues or uh, if you have some uh, problems with reception, again, you can uh, use different means to hear us uh, better. And I would like to put up right now the app which we have. Uh, David, it's, um, if you don't have an app on your phone, you can always download that. Uh, go to Faith uh, FM Australia and download that free app. Or you can go on website. Uh, our website is
1: faithfm.com.au. So, Nick, people can listen to these programs even afterwards if they've missed one by um, going onto the internet, the Faith FM website, and they can uh, listen to any of these programs. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh,
0: and they can listen live, you know, through the app, but you can go back and you can listen on any program on demand. You know, uh, the program is you, if you miss a program, like last night, for example, we have a few glitches, but we fixed it, that one, and the program is out there, then you can uh, go back and listen to it. If you miss, if you even l- listen, you know, to half of the program or you are driving, you missing some of the program, you can always go back and uh, listen uh, to the full program.
1: And look, Nick, that's really helpful. Um, I just want to thank God for our Faith FM network right across Australia and we do know we're operating largely on low-powered network, which means that the f- the the range of, of the signal um, may be limited, correct? That's correct. Um, and so if you're travelling in a vehicle and and uh, you lose reception, that can be very frustrating. But you can go onto the app or the website and you can, you can download it and listen to these programs. And Nick, I'd really suggest that um, for our listeners, uh, if you heard last night's program, praise God. If you didn't hear last night's program, that's perfectly fine. Today's program and last night's are, are like twins. They yes. go together. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll do a brief overview right now of last night's program in about four or five minutes. But I'd really invite our listeners to go onto the Faith FM website or download the Faith FM app, go to the Drive Time program, Big Questions, and um, you can listen to last night's program uh, and uh, that way it'll all make more sense. Absolutely.
0: And David, with uh, uh, no wasting too much time now because we have a big program tonight and we started last night with uh, Mark Wilson um, talking about the... Uh, Antichrist and the the question is who is the Antichrist? Many people asking this question, David and have all sorts of ideas.
1: Many, many answers, don't they? So, to do a brief recap, who is the Antichrist? And this is part two, last night, part one. The Antichrist is only mentioned four times in Scripture. And uh, in John's writings, there's at least two occurrences. First uh, John 2.18, the Apostle John says, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. So, the word Antichrist simply means instead of Christ or in the place of Christ. Mm-hmm. So it can be directly against or in place of Christ. It can be a subtle deception seeking to replace Christ. And I want to suggest that the ultimate Antichrist is Satan himself. Yes. Lucifer in heaven, if you if, if you like, the, who now we know as Satan. But uh, John says in the text we just read, he says, even now many Antichrists have come. And this is how we know we are living in, in Earth's final hours. And he's
0: using human agencies, uh, Satan, as you pointed out. But the tricky thing is, David, here, because some people will say, hey, you see what the passage says, that the Antichrist is, even now you can see Antichrist in John's time. Absolutely. But we are not talking about a persona or something which happened, let's say, in John's time or or now. We are talking about here something or somebody who opposed Jesus, or the teachings, better said. We're specifically of God.
1: looking at, Nick, specifically looking at what the Bible depicts would be happening in the final days in, in prophecy, Bible mm-hmm. prophecy. And so there are a number of different, um, sometimes we may have nicknames, right? Um, we may not want to share what those nicknames are, what people may call us, but the Antichrist, there are various names that can be given for the Antichrist in Scripture, and they are man of sin, Son of Perdition, Man of Lawlessness, and the Little Horn or the Beast. These are references often to one and the same thing, and that is ultimately the Antichrist. And uh, last night, Nick, I believed you would have listened and, uh, and, and presented with Mark Wilson the um, Daniel chapter 7. Correct, yes. And in Daniel chapter 7, there are four wild creatures that come up out of the sea. There is a lion, there is a bear, there is a leopard, and then there is this sort of monster. And each of these animals represent a different empire in in history. And the lion in uh, chapter 7 corresponds with a vision that Nebuchadnezzar had in chapter 2 of Daniel. And the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had was of an image, a, a big statue, and the head of the statue was made of gold. And that corresponds with Daniel 7, these four beasts, the first one being a lion. Then in Daniel 2, you have a chest and arms of, um, of silver, which corresponds in Daniel 7 with this bear coming up out mm-hmm. of out of the ocean out of the seas then you have in daniel 2 in nebuchadnezzar's vision um uh, waist and th- and and um of of bronze and that represents in daniel 7 or corresponds in daniel 7 with another beast a leopard like beast and uh Then you have, in Daniel 2, the the vision of Nebuchadnezzar, of the statue, you have legs on this statue made of iron. And that corresponds, in Daniel 7, with this fourth creature that comes out of the the sea that is a nondescript, almost like a monster. Yes. And it has iron iron teeth and claws. And um, then you have, in Daniel 2, these feet that are made of iron and clay, and finally that corresponds in Daniel 7 with um, this nondescript monster, this beast, having um, ten horns that um, come out of its head. And so we're going to look at tonight at what these, these powers are. They represent Babylon, the head or the lion, uh, Medo-Persia, the, the chest of silver, and the bear of Daniel 7, Greece is represented by the the waist and the belly of bronze and the the leopard like beast with the four wings with the you four know, when wings, we talked the about last night he, he, yeah sorry four uh, heads um,
0: and uh, how he, how um, important was to depict that that the history
1: tells you and the Bible tells you how things happen Daniel in, eight in tells history. us that this represents Greece the yeah. empire of Greece and uh, and um, and also it. it It talks about the first king, which Mm. is Alexander the Great. Then following the Grecian Empire, when it fell, it fell to the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire ruled from 168 BC all the way through to 476 AD. It's the longest ruling one of these empires. And each of these empires, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome, um, told to us in Daniel 2, Again, um, revisited Daniel 7, different symbols, but mm-hmm. same powers, uh, are all powers, I guess, that persecuted the people of God.
0: And what's remarkable here, uh, David, that um, when you look at Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, to see how that parallels and the importance of this message, because God is not just. Telling something, or people wrote in the Bible there, uh, let's say the vision or the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. This was of, of an importance for and children of God, and it's repeated because in the Bible it says that if uh, for a, if it's certain, you know, it will be reminded at least two times or three, and this is the case here. We we have. This explanation in chapter 7, we go from different, uh, you know, uh,
1: representation there with the animals, but it's pretty much telling us the same thing. It is. God is giving a message to the prophet Daniel who lived in ancient Babylon and lived into the Medo-Persian Empire um, five, six hundred years um, prior. To Jesus coming, he's giving Daniel a vision and Nebuchadnezzar too prior, but Daniel specifically in Daniel seven, what the empires that would come after Babylon. And tonight we're really looking at the last part of these visions. We're looking at the ten horns and we're looking of Daniel seven and the ten toes of Daniel chapter 2, and we know in Daniel chapter 2 that after the ten toes, there is this rock that's cut out without human hands in the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had, and it smashes this statue of all these precious metals, demolishes it into nothing, and then there is a mountain that comes out of this, this rock that's uh, sent out of the sky, hurtling towards a statue, and this rock turns into a mountain that fills the whole earth, and that's God's kingdom. Mm. So we've seen successive world empires, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, then toes that are made up of iron and clay. They would be brittle, partly strong, partly weak. And after that comes the kingdom of God. So God is giving us these visions uh, to Daniel and to Nebuchadnezzar, but to Daniel to interpret with God's help to show us who live right near the end of earth's history what what has already transpired And which gives us confidence to know what is yet to come. And we're right near those final stages, according to scripture, of uh, what will take place just before Jesus comes. Mm. Now, this topic, uh, David,
0: it's very hot because um, people are interested. Even the Hollywood uh, movies are uh, made, you know, with these things in mind. The reason I'm saying this, people are interested, concerned. About the activity let 's say of the uh, antichrist, or we talk about the mark of the beast and all those things, and those problems will still come up you know, to talk even about the the mark of the beast. why it 's important to identify correctly who the antichrist is last night, we talked a little bit about the, some clues in regard to this. We are going to go tonight a bit more to reveal you know what the Bible says in regard to the identification of this power.
1: Nick, it's really important to know who the Antichrist or what the Antichrist is, because in Matthew 24, the chapter that uh, Jesus gives, telling what's going to be transpiring before he comes back, he talks on three or four occasions about not being deceived. And we know that the word Antichrist simply means against or in place of. Mm -hmm. In other words, it could be an absolute front-on attack against Christ, or it could be a subtle deception and uh, if we are not uh, aware of the characteristics and the clues that are given to us in Scripture, we can be utterly deceived. So last night, Nick, just finishing this review, in Daniel chapter 7 uh, and verse eight, uh, 7 and 8, Daniel sees this fourth beast, which is the Roman Empire. And out of that fourth beast, on its head there are ten horns. But then Daniel has a huge focus in the rest of chapter 7 on one particular horn, mm-hmm. not the ten horns, and horns represent powers yes. or kingdoms, not the ten horns that are on this beast's head when it comes up out of the sea, but the Later on there is a a little horn that comes up And this little horn is also a symbol for the Antichrist And in Daniel 7 verse 8 uh, Daniel says I was considering the horns The ten horns if you like And there was another horn A little one coming up among them Coming up amongst the ten Before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man And a mouth speaking pompous words Later on in Daniel 7 Daniel inquires further. In this vision about this little horn, it yes. intrigues him. Yes. So, what we're going to do, and what was done last night by you and Mark, you looked at a number of characteristics of this horn. Let me touch on some of them. This little horn arises from Western Europe, it's a little kingdom, it uh, is, uh, overcomes three political powers as its rise to prominence it's different from those other ten horns or ten kingdoms, just like the ten toes these yep. are, these ten horns represent the ten hoes. ten toes I should say. this power would attend in attempt to change times and law, it would persecute god's people. It would be in power for 1260 years. It would speak blasphemies against God. It arises after the 10 tribes of Europe were established, and it would have a man at its head who speaks for it. Mm. So right now, Nick, people are probably, their heads are spinning, hopefully not while they're driving, but we're going to try and unpack this and um, uh, give evidence to who this is. These clues, what do they point to? Right, not in a way to um, uh, put any organization or person or entity down, but God gives us these things out of importance so that we will not be deceived, and also that other people won't be deceived; that they Mm. will follow God's truth. Mm. And
0: and Jesus Himself, you know, encouraged uh, everyone, you know, to take heed, you know, to understand uh, the things, not to just brush it off. Uh, And this is significant uh, of significance. Importance, as you just mentioned.
1: Absolutely, Nick. So, what we have, um, when the Roman Empire fell out of the, the crumbling nature of the Roman Empire, those legs of iron, there was a void, there was a vacuum, and over a period of time, the medieval church that would become known as the Roman Catholic Church became the dominant spiritual and political power in, in, in Europe. Right. in what we now know as Europe. And uh, we know that in the 1500s, uh, there... Arose numerous people and even before the 1500s that uh, were faithful to the church that began to see challenges um, with what they saw in practice compared to what scripture Mm. taught and spoke. And so you have this terminology called the Protestant Reformation. People that were within the medieval church or the Roman Catholic church actually protested against it. Mm Mm-hmm not because they wanted to start something new, but because they loved the church and they wanted to protest against what they saw were things that were wrong with the church. And it's from that protest that you come up with what's called the Protestant Reformation. They tried to reform the church. They protested. They tried to reform the church, and when that failed, you ended up over years and centuries churches being developed, such as the Lutheran Church, the yeah. Baptist Church, um, and uh, the Congregational Church, the Uniting Church, the Church of England, etc. All of these churches grew out of what was known as the Protestant Reformation of the 15th and 16th century. Okay, that, that's great. And and Nick, some of the key factors there were these. Uh, The Roman Catholic Church, the medieval Church, uh, really held to the authority of the Church. That that superseded everything, whereas these reformers, these men and women of the Roman Catholic Church believed in the authority first and foremost of the Bible, the Bible and the Bible alone. And they saw the Bible and the Bible alone as having far more importance than the traditions and the authority of the church. All right. Well, um, I think uh, it's
0: it's a good time now to take a short break, uh, David. Here I will play a song, but just before I do that, I will encourage our listeners again to send us some messages. And I can see some messages coming through, and we may mention that during the program. The number where you can write a text is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. Also, I would like to give you. The offer right now while I'm mentioning about the number and you can request this offer to us um, again through that number. And the DVD which uh, I mentioned last night also is Revelation, the Bride, the Beast and Babylon. This wonderful DVD discovers, you know, the hidden, hidden history of the Bible. Prophecy. You can have that uh, free of charge, no obligation. Please contact us on that. But let's listen to a bit of music and we'll be back uh, shortly.
2: Take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape and fashion us in your likeness. That the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of
0: Welcome back to Fate FM Drive Time Big QA. This is Nick Rita and our co host today is Pastor David Butcher. We are talking about who is the Antichrist. That was a beautiful uh, song by uh, Keith and Christine uh, uh, Jetty Speak, O Lord. Now, last night we talked about um, 10 clues uh, about the uh, Antichrist, uh, David. Uh, Tonight, we are going to discover what the Bible says about who the Antichrist is. Would you be able to take us through and uh, expand a little bit more, David?
1: Absolutely, Nick. So what we need to remember is that um, the church in the Middle Ages and all the time through from the the fourth century onwards – the church was dominant. The medieval church dominated almost every aspect of life for people in Europe. It wasn't just religion. It dominated almost everything. And um, it was the dominant church as a result of that, if you like. Um, and people uh, didn't have a good understanding of scripture i mean it was before the printing press mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of this period of time the average person didn't know latin which was a language that it was uh, the bible was uh, shared in that was for the priests there was a real differentiation between uh, person that lived in the village and the clergy the priests and it was even intentionally uh, restricted absolutely in that it way. was yep. and mm. one of the key things with scripture Nick in acts 17 verse eleven the apostle Paul talks about a group of Christians called the Bereans. He says this: These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word of God with all readiness and searched the Scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So essentially, the Apostle Paul is saying that it is vital that we test our assumptions with the Word of God. We don't just listen to things, including these programs. We need to go back to Scripture ourselves Absolutely. and search the Scriptures to see if what is being said is actually true. And actually, what what happened during those Middle Ages, fourteenth, fifteenth century? These um, godly theologians and priests began to study the scriptures, looked at what was happening in the church, and were saying, "Hey, this can't be. This can't be actually what's happening. This mm-hmm. shouldn't be happening." They protested. They tried to reform the church, and it wasn't happening. And particularly, they were often looking at some of the prophecies in Daniel and Revelation, and actually. What actually happened when the Protestant Reformation occurred, basically almost every denomination that grew out of that ended up seeing that the Roman Catholic Church or the papacy, if you like, was the little horn of Daniel 7, was the Antichrist of Bible prophecy. Mm Mm-hmm. And that continued for decades upon decades. In fact, even in the Westminster Confession, it said this, There is no other head of the church but the Lord Jesus Christ, nor can the Pope of Rome in any sense be head thereof, but is that Antichrist, that man of sin and son of perdition that exalts himself in the church against Christ and all that is called God. Chapter 25, Article 6 of the Westminster Confession. Mm. Martin Luther himself who was considered often as the the hero of the Protestant Reformation, along with many others, no doubt, he said this, "'Oh, how much pain it has caused me, though I had the Scriptures on my side, that I should dare to make a stand alone against the Pope and hold him forth as Antichrist.'" So many of these reformers saw when they studied the scriptures, Daniel and Revelation, and they saw what was happening in the church and they looked at these clues. They saw that the Antichrist was the papacy, the church of Rome and the pope who was its head. Mm. Now, this is not to say that uh, in every religion, in every Christian religion, there are not godly people. But I want to suggest to you, Nick, and as we uncover this, that the Antichrist that is referred to as happening at the end uh, is none other than this system, the Roman Catholic Church, not the people in it, Mm -hmm. but the system. And
0: we are going to talk about uh, that name, you know, because uh, it's important also to identify as last night we talked about uh, that it's it's a man who speaks you know and talking about the, the little horn yes uh now just so while i'm saying that david uh, when i was visiting germany and if you anyone if uh, borders open again and you'll be able to travel if you go in nuremberg you'll see on the town hall on the facade of the town hall revelation 13 and revelation 7 with all the animals there you know plaque, you know into the the Of those buildings. So Revelation 13 and Daniel 7. Yes, because people understood. Back in those days, people understood the significance of these prophecies and they even uh, did that wonderful work there to stay there in stone, to, to say, to be in stone there. The people after generation and generation to see
1: that. And so I guess, Nick, what you've highlighted hundreds of years ago. Christians saw this, that the medieval church was the Antichrist and the leader of that church, the Pope, um, the Antichrist. The, it's a false system, if mm-hmm. you like. And so people studied their Bibles when they had access and they found this and discovered this. Now you might say, well, is it bad to, to should we be pointing fingers? If we look at Scripture, none of us are better than anyone else, let's say that, but if we look at Scripture, God often rebuked his people. Why? Because he didn't want them to be deceived. He wanted them to come back to him. And, and God rebukes those who he loves because he wants them to turn back to him and we find that uh, in Revelation 3:19 uh, God says there are as many as I love I rebuke and chasten therefore be zealous and repent God points out who the antichrist is is because he wants no one to be deceived and he wants no one to be lost now that's a very important what you just pointed out David because Jesus said to the even to the
0: scribes and Pharisees of the day even though they were uh, walking astray in various
1: ways but Jesus was telling up front, you know uh, their mistakes absolutely so when we look at Daniel 2 and Daniel 7 uh, in Daniel 2 we're dealing with the the time period of the feet the 10 toes when we look at Daniel 7 the comparison chapter that is dealing with the same things we are looking at this fourth beast that comes out of the sea and the 10 horns mm-hmm. 10 horns and 10 toes this final period of earth's history and amongst these 10 toes there would arise uh, sorry the 10 horns In Daniel 7 would arise a little horn. And we're suggesting that this is the papacy or the Antichrist of Bible prophecy. So I guess our first clue, and this is in last night's program, you can go and listen to it, is that this uh, Antichrist power would arise from Western Europe. And I want to suggest to you that the papacy arose from Western Europe in one book called The History of Christianity, and there are many, the author says this, out of the ruins of the Roman Empire, there gradually arose a new order of states whose central point was the Papal Sea. Mm. So the Roman Empire crumbled over a period of time, and we know that there were various Germanic Barbarious tribes that came in gradually, and the Roman Empire crumbled. In that period, um, that Struggle for power of these Germanic tribes finally came the rise of the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. Even
0: in, uh, in another, from another source, uh, David uh, says that the, the papacy is built on the ghost of the deceased Roman Empire. Built on the ghost of the deceased, ro- deceased yeah. Roman Empire.: Yeah, sitting uh, crowned upon the grave
1: thereof, you know and th- this is from the uh, history of the Eastern Church. So, Nick, Daniel 7 tells us that this little horn power or this Antichrist would arise out of Western Europe. Daniel 7, verse 8 and verse 24. Now, we know that the seat or the location of the papacy is Rome and it's Italy, mm. right in the heart of Western Europe. So, it fits as, as one of our clues. The next clue that we are given about this Antichrist is that we are told that it is a little kingdom, Daniel 7 verse 8 tells us that um, there would be a little horn coming up among them. So this is a little power. A horn represents a power or a kingdom. Mm -hmm. So we know that this Antichrist power of Bible prophecy was small, a little power, if you like. And I want to suggest to you that the Vatican is a little nation state. In fact, only a couple of years ago, the population of the Vatican, Nick, was about 850 people. Yeah, uh, it's a papal state. Its ruler is the pope, the bishop of Rome, and in size, it's only uh, 44 hectares or about 110 acres. Its land boundaries are about 3.4 kilometers in total. Mm. So it's a small state, and yet it's the smallest internationally recognized independent state in the world by both area and population. So it is a small location, a small state. And yet, um, in fact, Wikipedia says that it's the smallest internationally recognized independent state in the world by both area and population. And yet this small um, city-state, if you like, yep. has a seat at the United Nations. And, and Vatican City is uh, governed as an absolute monarchy. Absolutely. So clue number one, it would arise from Western Europe, from Rome or Italy, if you like. Clue number two, it is a little kingdom. We read in Daniel 7 verse 8 that it was a little horn that came up and we've just talked about how small this, uh, the Vatican state is, if you like. Clue number three is that it arises after the ten tribes of Europe were established. And um, in Daniel 7 verse 24... The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another horn shall rise after them. He shall shall be different from the first ones. Mm -hmm. So in Daniel 7, we find out that this fourth beast, out of it, when it crumbles, the pagan Roman Empire, would come ten horns, ten other powers. And these are the Germanic barbarous tribes that essentially destroyed the Roman Empire in that part of the world, in in Italy mm-hmm. and in, in Western Europe. And then after those ten powers are established, those ten tribes, if you like, where we get Western Europe from today, would come another horn after they were already established. And this is this little horn power. So clue number three, it arises after the ten tribes of Europe were already established. That's Daniel 7.24. And we know that these ten horns or the ten toes of uh, Daniel 2, ten horns of Daniel 2, were finally established in 476 AD. Okay. That's when these uh, ten kings or ten powers were ultimately finally established, 476 mm-hmm. AD, when Rome fell. The pagan Roman Empire finally fell. And it took some time. But uh, that's when it was established. Um, Odassa, also called Odavaca or Odavaca, was born in 433. He died in 493 AD in Ravenna. He was the first barbarian king of Italy. And the date on which he assumed power, and this is the Encyclopedia Britannica, was 476 AD. And it's traditionally considered the end of the Western Roman Empire. Right. So this little horn power or what we would call a papacy arose sometime after 476 AD. And we mentioned last night another theologian, a Roman theologian
0: who uh, understood this and he was hoping that uh, the Roman Empire would still stand, you know, because he knew that after the Roman Empire will be this uh, power coming on board, you know, and, and the 10, ten uh, tribes, as you just said, and from that, Those 10 tribes will be the uh, little horn.
1: Absolutely. So what we find, though, is at this time, the Roman Empire was being governed from um, Constantinople or Byzantine, what we would call today um, Istanbul, Mm. modern Turkey. And um, Rome was vacant, if you like. And these ten tribes took over. And uh, you have uh, spiritual leaders in Rome, but the real power of the Roman Empire that still existed in the east Mm -hmm. was in Constantinople. And it's interesting that in, in 533, by a decree of Justinian, Emperor Justinian, 533, he wrote this, "'We hasten to bring to the knowledge of your holiness everything relating to the condition of the church.'" As we have always had the greatest desire to preserve the unity of your apostolic see, therefore we have exerted ourselves to unite all the priests of the East, that's the Eastern Empire, and subject them to the see of your holiness, and according to the doctrine of your apostolic see are constantly firmed. And he went on. That they be preached by all the priests For we do not suffer anything Which has reference to the state of the church To be discussed without being brought To the notice of your holiness Because you are the head of all the holy churches This was the Code of Justinian Book 1, Title 1 a 7 Corpus Iruis Civilis And um, this was the 26th of March 533 And essentially Emperor Justinian Was referring to the Bishop of Rome Yes Basically saying you are the head of all the churches Correct, and they are not hiding this. Mm. No, so we know that this little horn power arises after the fall of the Roman Empire, 476 AD. After that, we're now in 533 AD, and Emperor Justinian is basically making a decree to say that the Bishop of Rome, who we would call the Pope, is head of all the churches. Mm. Now, that was 533, but um, things don't happen overnight, Because clue number four tells us that there were some uh, powers that were against uh, and spoke against the church of Rome uh, and the church of the day. Clue number four, it overcomes three political powers as it rises to prominence. And we know that um, in Daniel 7 verse 8, in Daniel 7 verse 20 and 24, that this little horn power would uproot, would pull out three of the existing ten horns. Okay. And these were ten horns that didn't agree with the Church of Rome, with its teachings. Mm-hmm. And uh, the papacy uprooted three of these tribes. They were the Vandals, the Heruli, and the Ostrogoths. And they were uprooted in 493, the Heruli, they were destroyed. The Vandals were destroyed in AD 534. And the Ostrogoths were destroyed in 538 AD. And these three powers, uh,
0: David, they're all in that region in where modern Italy is. Uh, yeah, Western
1: Europe. Uh, yes. Western Europe. And so they were destroyed because they opposed the teachings of the church. They refused to cooperate with Rome. And the Catholic empires in various countries uh, formed armies and supported the Bishop of Rome, eliminating these three powers. Mm. Thus fulfilling the prophecy given hundreds of years earlier, uh, nearly a century earlier, uh, in Daniel chapter 7.
0: Absolutely. I think yeah, this is very important to to note this, uh, David.
1: Absolutely. Daniel 7.24, The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, this is this little horn, and shall subdue three kings. So the papacy did that through these other uh, stately powers, if you like. The fifth clue is that this um, little horn or this Antichrist uh, would be different from the other ten powers. Now, we just read in Daniel 7.24 that this little horn power, it says, shall be different from the first ones. This little horn that comes up after the other ten are already in existence would be different. Mm. Something is different. Not only is it small, not only does it come up later, not only does it uproot three of the existing tribes or powers, but there is something different and unique about this little horn power compared to all the other ones. Now, what is that? That's a good question. The Bishop of Rome in the seat of Caesar was now the greatest man in the West. So Mm. uh, the emperor had moved to the eastern uh, part of the empire, Uh, The um, Roman Empire has crumbled in Rome uh, and in that vacuum, instead of the place of the Caesars, Alexander C. Flick says, in the rise of the medieval church, the Bishop of Rome in the seat of Caesar was now the greatest man in the West and was soon forced to become the political as well as the spiritual head. All
0: right, and here's the difference. Uh, It's not only a political uh, power, but it's a religious power. Or not only a religious power, but it's a political power. Absolutely,
1: and and we saw in that uh, decree of Emperor Justinian in um, 533 that uh, Emperor Justinian saw the Bishop of Rome as the head of all the churches. Mm. But now in this power vacuum in the West, in Rome, etc., the church not only becomes a spiritual power, but also a political power.
0: And probably that's the case even today, uh, David. Maybe it's the only nation in the world which is a political and religious power, and the head of these two powers
1: is the same. uh, Absolutely, and it has a seat and and a voice at the United Nations. Mm. So... The Vatican, the papacy, is not just a spiritual power but a political one. And this is yep. what we find here. And this is what made it different from those other ten horns and then the remaining seven because we know that the papacy was responsible for the destruction of three of those tribes. We look at our next clue, clue number six. It would have a man at its head who speaks for it. And we want to suggest that the pope is the absolute head Of the church. Mm. So, Bible prophecy tells us, Daniel 7, verse 8 I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. Right. So, Another aspect, another clue here is that um, it would have a man at its head who speaks for it. So we're told here in Daniel 7 verse 8 that this little horn power has eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth. Right. So we know that the Pope is the absolute head of the church. The papacy is not a democratic government. The Pope is the absolute authority who speaks on behalf of the church. So a man is at its head. Clue number seven, it would speak blasphemies against God. Now, we know that to be fact because um, we just read in Daniel 7 verse 8 that uh, it in its in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth that speaks pompous words. Mm-hmm. That was a New King James. In some translations, it uses the word blasphemous words. All right. So this is a, a, an entity with a man at its head and it speaks... Blasphemous things against God Now, how can that be? Clue number 7 I want to suggest that the Pope claims to be God on earth And that in itself is a blasphemy How do we know that, Nick? When we turn to Scripture We've looked at um, Daniel 7, uh, verse 8 But also Daniel seven twenty-five Talks about this little horn power He shall speak pompous words against the Most High Daniel seven twenty five again. He will blaspheme the high God. Mm. Now, when any person on earth claims to be God or claims to be in the place of God, that's really the Antichrist against Christ or in place of Christ. And the Pope actually claims to be God on earth. And you may heard about that thing, vicarius fili
0: dei, which is uh, saying uh, the the vicar of
1: Christ on earth. Son of God, vicar and mm. in son of God. Mm. So in Luke chapter 5, verse 21, Jesus is being um, uh, attacked, if you like, by the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees and the scribes, and it says, The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks, who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus was claiming here in Luke 5 to have the ability to forgive sins. Mm-hmm. The religious leaders are saying, Hey, if you claim to have the authority to forgive sins, that's blasphemy. The Jews in John ten thirty three, they say, For a good work we do not stone you, this is Jesus, but for blasphemy. Why? Because you being a man make yourself God. And really, the head of the Roman Catholic Church has claimed or taken, if you like, on earth that place of God. Therefore, that is blasphemy. Just some quotes, Nick. Um, The Catholic National Enquirer, 1895. The Pope is not only the representative of Jesus Christ, but he is Jesus Christ himself, hidden under the veil of flesh. Uh, The great encyclical letters of Pope Leo, the 13th, page 304. We, the Popes, hold upon this earth the place of God Almighty. So the Popes claim to have incredible power and claim to have the place of God on earth that is blasphemy again fulfilling the uh, clues given in Daniel 7 clue number eight it would persecute God's people and I want to suggest Nick that the papacy is responsible for the persecution through those dark middle ages of millions and millions of people in fact uh, various popes, the last two or three popes including our current one, has sought forgiveness and yep. apologised for the atrocities of centuries past mm. and um, Daniel 7.25 says, this little horn power shall persecute the saints of the Most High God and it's interesting uh, W.E.H. Lecky. History of the Rise and Influence of the Spirit of Rationalism in Europe wrote this. The Church of Rome has shed more innocent blood than any other institution that has ever existed amongst mankind, will be questioned by no Protestant who has a competent knowledge of history. Now, 911, Osama bin Laden, he was responsible on that day for killing 2,996 people in one day. World Trade Center, yep. the planes going down. 2,996 people died. That's an atrocity. St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, Nick, on August 24, 1572 in France, uh, the Catholic Church ordered for the destruction of the Huguenots, Christians that didn't believe what the Catholic Church believed, and it is suggested by some the estimates of the deaths as a result of this massacre mm. that went on for several weeks range from 3,000 deaths in Paris up to 70,000 across other areas of France. That's phenomenal. Wow. And you can go on and on. In 24th of April 1655, 18,000 Waldensians were killed by the Duke of Savoy mm-hmm. who was working on behalf of the Roman Catholic Church. Twenty eighteen thousand 18,000 people died Waldensian Christians up there in in the northeast northwestern region of Italy. Why? Because they didn't agree with the teachings of the church of the day and a worldly power, the Duke of Savoy, basically took it upon himself to fulfill the will of the Roman Catholic Church. And the current pope has apologized for those atrocities. The next clue, Nick, is that this power, clue nine, it would be in power for 1,260 years. And the papacy ruled for that period of time, 1260 years it had ascendancy for. How do we know this? Daniel 7.25 says, The saints shall be given into his hand, the little horn's hand, for a time, times, and half a time. Mm -hmm. Now, this is code. Lots of symbols in Daniel and Revelation. And in Daniel 7.25, we read a time... Times and half a time in Daniel twelve seven a time times and half a time Revelation eleven verse two we come across forty two months mm-hmm. Revelation eleven three and twelve six we come across one thousand two hundred and sixty days yeah and we know that from uh, the fall of the Roman Empire uh, in four seventy six we know that from five thirty eight when the Church of Rome was given ascendancy five thirty eight through to seventeen ninety eight when um, Pope Pius was taken into captivity was a period of 1260 years. And that's an important date, you know, 1798,
0: because that's that was the uh, deadly wound. That's
1: exactly Mm. right. Revelation chapter 13 talks about a deadly wound. So we're given these codes, a time, times, and and half a time, 42 months, 1,260 days. These are code for all the same things. Uh, In in the, the Jewish month, there was 30 days. A time was a year, 360 days. Times, plural, is two years, and half a time is half a year. So we've got a time, 360 days, Times two years, 720 days, and half a time, half a year, if you like, 180 days. They add up to 1,260 days. And we know, Nick, from Bible prophecy that a day in Bible prophecy actually represents a literal physical year. And in 1798, Napoleon's general Berthier marched into Rome and took Pope Pius uh, into captivity, And he actually died into captivity. The last clue, Nick, is that this power, this little horn power, this Antichrist power, would attempt to change times and law. And I want to suggest that the papacy attempted to change God's very law, his Ten Commandments. Daniel 7.25, and he shall intend, in other words, attempt Mm -hmm. to change times and law. Now, you look at the Ten Commandments that you find in a Roman Catholic Bible. The Second Commandment, which talks about um, not making yourself any carved images or graven images, is totally removed. They've removed Mm. that. They've Mm. changed it. The Tenth Commandment, because they've gotten rid of the Second Commandment, is split into two, the commandment of coveting. To still have ten. To still have ten. Mm. Because you can't say the nine commandments. They've gotten rid of the second, split in half the tenth one into two. But they've also shortened the Fourth Commandment, the Sabbath Commandment. So they've changed um, the law, attempted to, but also times. Now, what is the time they've tried to change? And that is the the fourth commandment, the commandment that talks about the day of worship, the Mm -hmm. commandment that says we should worship God on the seventh day. And that's the Sabbath, that's Saturday. The Roman Catholic Church has changed things uh, to try to authorize and sanctify Sunday or the first day as the day of worship. So Nick, there is a lot more we could say here But those are 10 clues that identify the Roman Catholic Church or the papacy This system as the Antichrist of Bible prophecy According to Daniel 7 and Revelation chapter 13 Because in Revelation chapter 13, those first 10 or 11 verses We come across some of these same beasts of Daniel 7 We come across a a beast that comes up out of the sea That looks like those beasts of Daniel 7 7 incorporates the parts of them and it is seeking worship it receives a deadly wound just like the papacy did in 1798 when the Pope was taken into captivity Mm. but it also talks about a deadly wound that would be healed
0: absolutely and we are going to talk tomorrow a bit more about uh, this power uh, the beast in the Bible prophecy David the time it's running so quickly I wonder if you could just bring it a little bit uh, together now in in few words, and probably even invite uh, some of our listeners. You know, if uh, if you have struggles with this sort of um, uh,
1: messages, you know, because uh, this is what the Bible says. You know, if you have some struggles, you can still contact us. Absolutely, and so we would invite our listeners, Nick, to contact us, and I'll get you to give the number out again. It's zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. So contact us, Nick. But I want to suggest this. God loves every person. He died for every person, but he reveals these things to us in Scripture so we will not be deceived. And the Protestant Reformation occurred when godly men and women within the church of the day saw that the actual Roman church was was false, was Hmm. teaching false Hmm. things and practicing false things. Those men and women that became the reformers, the Protestant Reformation, the fathers and mothers of the Protestant Reformation, chose to stand up for what was true, even in face of persecution. And so I want to challenge our listeners who maybe have grown up in the Roman Catholic Church for generations. Study the scripture for yourself. Look at the DVD that you've advertised, Nick, on Faith FM and search for themselves and then to have the courage of these reformers from four or 500 years ago to stand for biblical truth. And if you do, you will discover that what Daniel 7 and Revelation talk about That the man of sin, the Antichrist, is none other than the Roman Catholic Church. And we need to talk about this in a sensitive way because God loves everyone, but God wants no one to be deceived. Mm. So, shall
0: we pray, Nick? Absolutely. And just before
1: the prayer, David,
0: uh, as you just mentioned, those people uh, gave their lives for uh, these uh, beliefs that we may have freedom
1: to choose. And God wants everyone to have the freedom to choose and to have the facts or the clues, if you like, Mm. so they can discern for themselves by the study of Scripture. Test all things. Hold fast that which is true. Let's pray. Let's pray, Father in heaven, we want to thank you for your words. Your Bible is true. By the Bible alone, and by grace and by faith alone. So, Father, we thank you for the forerunners, those who have gone before, who were faithful men and women of the church, but realized when they studied Scripture, Daniel and Revelation, that the church of the day, the medieval church, the Roman Catholic Church today, is none other than this power, and the and the Pope is none other than. Than the head of this organization The Antichrist Power Lord I pray for our listeners That might be struggling That might have questions May they contact us May they seek for themselves Through scripture How this church Has tried to change Times and laws Amongst the other things Has persecuted people Lord But Lord we pray for people In this church They may come to know you In a deeper way And may we all come to know you Because we can all Lord Be deceived Mm. So Father we pray for our listeners We thank you for your word we ask your blessing and your power on us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: And thank you for being with us today. I invite you to come back uh, tomorrow when uh, Fabiano and Helen, they are going to talk a little bit more about the beast of the prophecy. Until next time, God richly bless you.
3: I cannot make a world and form it in my hands. I cannot make the lightning flash across the land. piece of clay and molded into man. but I have a father, I have a father who can, now oh, he sits high, he sits high, and he looks he low, low, and he guides my feet wherever I, I go. Oh, when I don't understand When I don't understand I have a father I have a father I have a father, who who father can. I have a father who can. I cannot take a cloud or send it in the sky I cannot love humanity so much that I would die Or count the grains of sand. But I have a father, I have a father who came now oh, He sits, he high, sits high, high and he looks he low, low. And he, he guides my feet wherever I, I go. Oh, when I don't understand. When I don't understand, I have a father, I have a father. I have I father,
2: have a father I
3: have a father I have a
2: father I have a father, I have a father. I have a father.